Hi, this is John Provost. You might remember me as Timmy from Lassie. Well, I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 620 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this week, our guest is a, from a classic TV show, Lassie. John Provost is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, and uh, John is, uh, you know, he, we've had him on before. The last time it was a very quick interview because we were sort of crammed into a little, uh, not a little, but a big limousine, and uh, we sort of, you know, did what we could in there. But uh, that was a long time ago in episode 34, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's we, we were lucky enough to have him come back on the show because uh, on Saturday, February 25th at 1 o'clock, he will be at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. And uh, we do a lot of work with uh, the Orinda Theater because uh, they, they are doing so much, you know. These uh, independent theaters are just, you know, finding ways to, uh, you know, get things, get people into the theater, and they still have movies there, uh, but they've got some great events. I mean, you know, like you say, you know, if you're listening, been listening over the years, you know we've uh, talked about it, and they've got more and more coming. But uh, like you said, Saturday, February 25th at 1 o'clock, John Provost Timmy from Lassie will be there, and you can meet him, and you can uh, ask questions, you can Get his, get his book and everything. We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more. John's got some great stories, and uh, just stick around because that's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. But uh, we want to um, thank everybody for listening to On Screen and Beyond. If, uh, Like you said, if you are new to On Screen and Beyond, I hope you will go back into our rerun section and listen to, uh, you know, or just scroll through and see how many people that, uh, you know, you know we'd, you'd enjoy, whether it's the music industry or from uh, TV shows or movies or whatever, we've got them. And, um, you know, we just hope you'll check them out. But we've got so much coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, so... Uh, Hope you'll keep listening. We're just uh, trying to get to more and more people on the show, making connections. If you have a suggestion or if you know somebody, how, how we can connect with somebody, that's even better because it's sometimes hard to uh, you know get the people that you want. Uh, I've had a lot of people send in requests, and uh, I have tried. I, I, you know, I feel bad when I can't get these people, but sometimes either they don't have uh, any way that you can connect with them or they have a publicist that I don't know who they are and I can't get to them. Uh, so it's just, it's it's very difficult sometimes. But uh, we, you know, if you have any connection with these people, or if you're a publicist out there, hey, you know, get in touch with me and we can, uh, you know, see what we can do about getting your clients on here. So uh, that would be, that would be great. But uh, anyways, why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. Well, the video game Tetris, okay? Uh, and I don't know how they do these things because uh, the, the video game Tetris 
has been remade into a film, and it stars Taron Egerton, and it'll be premiering on Apple TV Plus on March 31st. You know, in the video game, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how they, they're going to make that into a movie, but uh, hey, they do it. And also, the How to Train Your Dragon film, which uh, was a big hit, animated movie, is getting remade into a live-action film with a spring of 2025 release date. And Emma Corrin has joined the cast of the remake of Nosferatu from Robert Edger. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Oscar winner Riz Ahmed and Baby Driver star Lily James will star in a new thriller called Relay. And Marisol Nichols of Riverdale will star alongside Jenna Ortega in a romantic drama called Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall. And Michael Keaton is back, and he is back in comedy once again. And the film is going to be called Good Rich. And we'll keep you informed on how that goes along. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen to be on Sequels. <laughs> Sequels, it looks like Emma Corrin, more news on her, has joined the cast of Deadpool 3, alongside Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and of course, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And Mike Coulter will star in Ship. Now, this is going to be a sequel to Plane, which starred Gerard Butler, and Coulter was the co-star in that film, but uh, now he's going to be the lead in Ship. See how that goes. And The Marvels, starring Brie Larson, has been moved from July 28th to November 10th. So uh, mark your calendars on that one. They're shifting things around again. And that's it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies and TV on DVD. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Movies and TV on DVD. Well, it looks like The Good Fight, the final season on DVD, is coming our way on March 14th. Survivor, season 43 on DVD on March 28th. Amazing Race, season 34 on DVD on March 21st. And Midsummer Murders, series 23, lands on Blu-ray and DVD on April, 20, April 18th. Okay, get that one right. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, Big Shot with John Stamos and Mighty Ducks Game Changers have both been canceled by Disney+. And Fox is working, Fox TV is working on a new version of Starsky and Hutch. This time, it will star two females in the roles of Starsky and Hutch. And it looks like The Good Doctor is getting a uh, spinoff show 
in their mix now. And on that's going to be coming your way on the March 13th episode. And the potential spinoff is called, guess what? The Good Lawyer. What is, what is it with all these shows now? You know, there's The Good Doctor, The Good Lawyer, The Good Wife, The Good This, The Good That. I don't know. They just <laughs> they can't come up with anything new, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, that's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we sit down with John Provost. Now, he was Timmy on Lassie and a classic TV show. And John is a great guest. We've had him before. He is back. He gives us all kinds of great stories. And I hope you're going to enjoy this one because Timmy is out of the well and he's coming right here to On Screen and Beyond next. Our guest today on On Screen and Beyond has worked alongside Jane Wyman, Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly, and June Lockhart, but we know him mostly for working alongside a dog named Lassie. And on Saturday, February 25th at 1 p.m., he will be at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California for an afternoon with John Provost. Fresh out of the well, Timmy's here. It's John Provost. John, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, thanks, Brian. And, you know, the, the well thing, um, you know, that never happened. I Timmy never <laughs> fell in a well. I mean, you know, off a cliff and abandoned mine shafts and quicksand, but never in a well. And we don't have a clue where that, uh, that catchphrase came from, but everybody uses it, and it'll, it'll be with me for the rest of my life for sure. <laughs> Well, what, one good thing, you got an, a good uh, title for your book out of that. <laughs> yes, it did. It turned out great. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, wh- while I'm talking about that, uh, I understand your book has been uh, updated and it's being your autobiography has been uh, uh, re-released. Yes, exactly. As a matter of fact, um, it's like uh, about a week and a half ago, um, we finally got the first new printings. Um, the original uh, autobiography, Timmy's in the Well, the John Provost story, came out in uh, 2008, and quite a bit has uh, transpired since then. So Lori and I, my wife, who is Lori Jacobson, she's the writer. Um, I have the stories, but it's a little difficult for me to put them down on paper. So um, we worked together and did a great job, and so we decided to update it and uh, another chapter with more information and more photos. It just came out. Timmy's in the well, and looking forward to it. Great. Will you be having copies uh, to sign and everything when you're at the Orinda Theater on uh, Saturday? It's twenty. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, we just got um, a, a few box loads delivered uh, the other day, uh, so we'll be bringing those down to the Orinda. And um, then, and if people are interested, they can just go to my website, which is johnprovost.com, and uh, order a, a copy there and have it uh, personally signed. And you know, to, if they want to give it as a gift to them, or they can just go on, you know, Amazon or to a bookstore and pick one up there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, John, I, I was looking back. We, we, you have been a guest on the show here at On Screen and Beyond a long time ago. Actually, it was 14 years ago. 
And wow. uh, it was episode 32. And here we are over, uh, we're almost 600 episodes beyond that. <laughs> wow. But congratulations. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Thank you. But um, I remember that so clearly. We were at the, um, the California Independent Film Festival, I believe it was. And or maybe it was a, a an event they were having. I'm not I, I'm not totally remembering exactly what the event was for, but it, but it was a uh, poker game. Now I don't know if you were playing in the game or if uh, you know because I I hauled you off to do an interview. But uh, yeah, I'm a really bad poker player, so unless it was for charity or something, I wouldn't have been there. Yeah, it, it was a charity event, uh, and they had all okay, the celebrities okay, yeah. there doing the uh, the poker thing. And, and to, you know, like you say, you're not very good, I believe you, because you were the first person that I was able to grab after being in the poker game. <laughs> I, I, had, I, was, I was the first to fold. <laughs> yes. But we had gone into a uh, uh, limousine, and we were, you know, we were trying to find a place to do it. And we went into the limousine that was waiting for, you know, to, to take everybody away and everything. And right. we did the interview in there. It was very cramped, very short, but, uh, you know, it was, it was so nice to, to have you, you know, do an interview with me. And, uh, oh, thank you. It's great to have you back. So All right. good to be here now at the Arinda, they're going to be showing one of the films, uh, that I guess, uh, I, I had never heard of, uh, to be honest, I'm, you know, uh, I hadn't okay. heard of it. And it's called Escapade in Japan. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, okay, I, at that time, I was under contract with RKO Studios. And this was, the year was 1956. It was my final movie uh, for RKO. And it was the last movie that RKO made before Howard Hughes sold RKO to Desi and Lucy, and then it became um, Desi Lu Studios. Um, but anyway, American movie filmed in Japan after World War II. We had not a clue. I mean, the, the production company, nobody really had a clue how we would be recepted. I mean, you know, think about it. Ten years earlier, we basically annihilated that country. Mm. So... Um, and it, it, the movie starred um, Cameron Mitchell, Teresa Wright, um, an unknown by the name of Clint Eastwood, who, by the way, didn't even get billing in the movie. <laughs> um, but you can sure recognize it. he's a very short uh, scene, a uh, little part that he has, actually a couple scenes. But I think he was probably Brian, maybe, you know, 18, 19 years old or something. Hmm. And, uh, but you can, oh, his voice is so recognizable. Yeah. And of course, you know, his, his face, you can tell it, it's him. But um, yeah, th this movie was, uh, like I said, it was, um, you know, an unknown for everybody, but we were recepted with open arms. It, it was amazing. It was an amazing trip. Um, spent three and a half months uh, filming the movie in Japan when I was six years old. Wow. So you'll have all kinds of stories at the Orinda Theater to tell people about, I presume? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, six years old. I mean, I remember everything. What? A, what, a, <laughs> what? Oh, boy, what an eye-opener it was. Um, you know, I mean, just a completely different culture and the language. 
and you know, of course, there were other children in the movie, Japanese children, and um, uh, a couple of the kids, Roger Nakagawa, who was the the other child star in the movie. Um, we became friends, and and I even picked up you know some Japanese and was. Uh, don't ask me to to repeat now, but um, you know, and you, oh, you did mention earlier uh, that you had never seen it or never heard about this movie. Yeah. Well, true because it was um, for some reason. Well, I think it had to do because it was the last movie RKO made, so they were shutting down. You know, selling their company, their studio to you know the, uh, another entity, and I think the movie kind of got lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an excellent movie. I mean, the the, I, the people that are in it. Um, and what I found out years, years later was it was considered what they called a bridge movie. It was trying to bring our two countries back together. We needed Japan and they needed us, you know, for manufacturing and for um, commerce <clears throat> so it was an attempt to bring these um, two warring countries together. Uh, and they did it through the eyes of two little children, a Japanese, a little Japanese boy and a little American boy. And it's an incredibly touching, moving movie. And I think everybody's going to have a, a, a real understanding of what it was like um, in those early days after the war. Yeah. Now, do you know if, uh, you know, because everybody can't get to the Orinda Theater in, in California um, to see this film, is it available now, uh, streaming or anything that you know of? Oh, boy, it's very difficult to find even a copy. Um, we, The only copies that we've ever been able to get um, are out of Canada. Um, now, the... The copy that we have and will be shown at the Arenda uh, has been um, tweaked quite a bit, and it's it's. I mean, the copy is even better than I think the original was. Wow! Um, it's really uh, it's it's really a great movie, and and when I say <clears throat> you know we didn't go obviously to Hiroshima or Nagasaki, we we didn't go to the parts of Japan that you know, that had been um, destroyed. Uh, we went to the parts of Japan that weren't, that, you know, old temples, um, uh, the countryside, you know, out in the country and, and a different part of Japan. And the people, this was amazing, Brian, the, the people just accepted us. I mean, um, I was a, a, a really blonde young boy, <clears throat> child, and my mother was a beautiful woman, um, blonde, and the Japanese, I mean, wherever we would go in public, they would descend upon us um, very nicely, not, you know, not in a, in a, um, a threatening way. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just curious, and they actually wanted to touch our hair. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think we had ever seen a person with blonde hair. You know, all the Japanese have really dark hair, black mm-hmm. And so um, everywhere we went, it was like people, but they were, you know, like I said, very courteous and, and not threatening at all. Yeah. And uh, we had, we had an, an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mentioned you were six years old at that time, but you had done a few films before that. Uh, 
at the age that you were, did you realize who you were working? I mean, you worked with Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly, like I said in the intro, and Jane oh, Wyman. Yeah. Uh, did, oh, did, yeah. No, did you have no, any just, clue? You know, <laughs> it, the thing is, my first movie, So Big, with Jane Wyman and Sterling Hayden, I was not quite three years old. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I actually I had a speaking part. Um, and, you know, then that movie – to the, the next movie with, with Country Girl, with Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly, and then All Mine to Give with Cameron Mitchell and and um, Glennis Johns, and and it, it just goes on and on. And, and um, 10 movies before I started Lassie when I was seven years old. Now, this movie, Escapade in Japan, was really the movie that, that got me the part as Timmy on Lassie. Oh, really? Um, yeah. That, that what happened was Tommy Reddick, who played Jeff Miller on Lassie uh, for three years, he he was outgrowing the part and he wanted out. So the producers were looking for a younger boy, um, and evidently they, they were having issues finding the child they wanted. So the story has it that they were having an issue finding a new kid for Lassie. And so the producer's wife of Lassie was having lunch with the producer's wife of Escapade in Japan. And they said, well, sounds like the child you want is in Japan right now. So when I came back from Japan, I met with the uh, producers of Lassie, and they said, yes, you're the kid, you have the looks. And they knew I could act because, you know, they'd seen the movies and things. So mm-hmm. the issue was I was a little teeny kid was how would I get along with a big dog? Well, personally, I'd grown up around animals. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, at the time, we were living out in um, Pomona, California, and I had a pony, my sister had a horse, we had goats, and you know, so I was totally familiar with animals, and that wasn't an issue. But the producers wanted to make sure, so... I actually went and lived with uh, Lassie and Red Weatherwax on his ranch. He had a 60-acre ranch about an hour outside of L.A. And um, after that long weekend, we came back to the studio, met with the producers, and I kind of like to say that Lassie gave me two paws up, and uh, that (laughs) nailed the job. So, I mean, growing up, in that era, watching Lassie, every kid wanted a dog, and they wanted Lassie. Let's face it. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, co- collies were really popular back then, and unfortunately, you don't see a lot of them yeah. today. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. And, and now, now, have you have you ever had a, a collie, uh, you know, after, you as, know, in real as, life? At, well, I, I've always been around dogs, always had dogs, uh, you know, growing up as a kid and, and even older. But when I started Lassie, I'm, you know, little kid, seven years old, and Red Weatherwax, the owner, he said, look, he said, John, if you, if we do this first year, this first season, if you don't bug Lassie, don't pull his tail, you know, don't ride him, you know, don't, don't bug him, he said then I will give you, for your eighth birthday, a Lassie puppy. Wow. So I had to earn 100 points that year, 
and by you know by being good and doing things that I was supposed to do and and um it the points went up and down but by the end of the year I had my 100 points and for my 8th birthday I was given a Lassie puppy uh that was the only collie though that I've ever owned mm-hmm. yeah and he was great I named him Rudd after the owner Rudd Weatherwax oh. but um you know I was working every you know, five days a week. And of course my father was working. He was an aeronautical engineer. So he was off designing airplanes and mom and I were at the studio making, you know, Lassie or movies and my brother and sister, they were at school. So right. poor Rudd, the dog, you know, was left at home. And I mean, I couldn't take him to the studio. So, um, after a couple of years, we, uh, we decided to leave him with grandma. Now, Grandma lived on 120 acres in Arkansas, and every summer, we would go, the whole family would go and visit Grandma, and we would take Rudd with us, and he loved it. He had a great time, so after a few years, we figured, you know, he's, he's going to have more fun with Grandma on the big farm in Arkansas chasing rabbits as opposed to, you know, stuck in a backyard, Yeah, so. yeah. but... We downsized. I've all, like I said, always had dogs, but <clears throat> because of doing a lot of traveling, um, just you know, downsized to smaller dogs. Yeah. Was it a good experience on the set? You know, did you have fun when you were there, or was, was it strictly business? You know, all the time. Oh no, I had I had a lot of fun. You know, yeah, it was work, of course, and and there were times when, you know, I didn't want to go to work, but you know, mom would say, well. Do you have a temperature? No. Are you sick? No. Well, then you're going to work. You know, I mean, it's like when my kids were young, they would, you know, I don't want to go to school today. Well, are you sick? No. Well, you're going to school. So, you know, that's the way it would, but no, I had a lot of fun. Um, but like I said, you know, it was work. My typical day on Lassie was, uh, or a typical year, let's put it this way, was nine months out of the year filming Lassie. And that was five days a week, Monday through Friday, 10 hours a day. Wow. So it was a, yeah, it was a big deal. But, you know, I did. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I've talked with a lot of child stars from uh, that era and, you know, some of the early, you know, newer shows and things like that over the years. And they always talk about uh, taking off and going off to, you know, other places uh sets where other shows are being filmed and going off with oh, the yeah. kids from there did you do that or but but you were the main character uh, you know you and lassie so i would imagine that would have been tough for you well you know what here here was the thing um on at desilu studios we were in um stage number seven it was the last one at the far end of the lot but next door to us they filmed um ben casey uh, the Doctor series, and mm-hmm. then next door to him, they filmed the series The Untouchables with, um, you know, Robert Stack, mm-hmm. Elliot Ness, yep. and, <laughs> you know, all, all, you know, the bad guys and stuff. And so a lot of times when um, they were getting ready to have a big, you know, shootout with the gangsters, you know, and the mm-hmm. FBI with their Tommy guns, they would come over to the to our set and take me and bring me to their to Untouchables. And I would sit in the chair next to the director 
and watched the scene when they were, you know, doing their big shootouts. And um, come on, like a little kid, you know, that was that was great. And it was it was just a way to get me out of, you know, out of the environment of, of the Lassie set and just to do something different because I didn't have other kids on the set to play with. Right. Um, now, just to, the opposite of that would be at the, the series My Three Sons um, with, uh, you know, Stan and Stan, Barry Livingston. Yep. Well, they filmed at the other end of the lot. And so, you know, they had a, a set full of kids and they would, you know, go out and play ball and, and frisbee and stuff in between scenes. Well, you know, not me because I was the only kid. So I was working all the time. And when I wasn't working, I was, you know, being tutored by my um, private school uh, tutor. Um, so, you know, it, it was a little more difficult for me, but, um, Hey, I was working with Lassie, so it was great. Right, yeah. Now, you mentioned Desilu. Was Lassie a Desilu show? Um, no, actually, it wasn't. It was filmed at Desilu, but it was a uh-huh. Jack Rather production. And um, Benita Granville, who was a child actress, um, she was um, Jack's wife, and he really bought her the series, uh, and she was the executive producer. But he also, they also owned um, the Lone Ranger and uh, Sergeant Preston of uh, the oh, Yukon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, great shows. Yeah, two, two great shows. And one thing that we were able to do, um, Clayton Moore um, as the Lone Ranger did an episode of Lassie. And being a little kid and having the Lone Ranger, you know, come on your set mm-hmm. was really something else. Oh yeah, you... the amazing thing. Oh yeah, the amazing thing about Clayton Moore was he really was the Lone Ranger. I mean, he believed in that character and what he stood for, and so he would never let me see him out of costume. Really, the wow. entire time. Yeah, when he would come to to work in the morning, he was dressed as the Lone Ranger, as opposed to anybody else. I mean, June Lockhart. She'd come to the set in the morning, you know, at 7.30 in rollers, you know, like she just got out of bed. And then she'd go and sit sit in the, in, in the uh, makeup room. And, and two hours later, she would be, you know, this beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would be sitting in the, in the makeup room and, they, you know, it'd take them five minutes to make me up. But, you know, I would see the other actors come in, um, famous people, you know, working on the show but they were, you know, kind of just like me, you know, sitting in that chair, getting made up, studying their lines, you know, doing their job. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. you know, that's how it was for me. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, seeing the Lone Ranger would be like, you know, Superman uh, coming onto the set or something oh, my. like that. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was super. And the main thing about, like I said, he never let me see him out of character. And so the last day when I was getting ready to go home, we had uh, finished the uh, um, that episode, and as I was getting ready to leave, I was saying goodbye. And he said, "John, he said it was real pleasure." And he's dressed up, I mean, with the mask, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "John, it was really a pleasure working with you and Lassie." And he said, "I I want to to give you something." And he reached into his holster and he pulled out a silver bullet. 
Wow. And he, <laughs> gave, and he gave me a silver bullet. And like, you know, most kids, I guess, I ended up giving it away, giving it to a friend, you know, for his birthday. You know, one of my buddies who had admired it over the years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it away. And then, boy, it must have been, I guess, about 10 years ago, um, because a lot of my fans, they, they know the story. And this one guy, he said, you know, John, he said, years and years ago, I was I had entered a contest and I won a silver bullet and he said and so I want I want to give you this as a present to replace the one that you had so I got my silver bullet back wow <laughs> you know you think yeah, about yeah that was really that was really really nice yeah you know you think about that how as kids we were you know, like you say, you gave away the silver bullet. I mean, you know, what would that have been worth now? I mean, it, it, yeah, exactly. You know, or, you know, or, or as kids, you know, we'd stick the the Mickey Mail rookie card in our wheels of our bikes, you know, to make the flapping noise. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yes. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then you know, you think of you know, what did I ruin now? You know, now I'd be rich. I wouldn't need. You know, hey, I would love to have my. Candy blue um, Schwinn Stingray mm -hmm. <laughs> with a white saddle seat. I remember that bike. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah. It's it's just crazy that the things that you know we we ended up throwing away or ruining, and now they're worth oh, yeah. millions. You know? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Mark Cuban. And if you love television like I love television, you have to listen to On Screen and Beyond. Well, is there anything that you can remember from the show? that uh, particularly sticks in your mind that uh, was, was funny or unusual or anything like that? Well, Behind you know, the we scenes. With, yeah, we worked with, you know, a lot of, a lot of up and coming actors, um, you know, people that were starting out um, people like, you know, Rip Torn or um, uh, Ted. Knight. Okay. This is a great story. Ted Knight. Of course, you know, mm -hmm. became very famous, yes. you know, with Mary Tyler Moore and just, I mean, the guy's incredible, um, was incredible. Anyway, he was starting out and he had an episode on Lassie <clears throat> where he played a ventriloquist and he, his car broke down or something and he, you know, came to the farm and needed some help and 
his dummy was a dog and a little, you know, animated dog. Mm -hmm. And he kept it in a little, um, a little satchel, um, kind of like, uh, a doctor, an old doctor's bag back in the day, a black bag. And I, he was on the farm and, uh, you know, he brought out his, his dog. And of course, last he thought it was a real dog, but, and it was really a funny episode, but no, just people like that. I mean, Jeez. you know, he just starting out, um, we had one, um, character on the show, um, Andy Clyde, Andy Clyde, he played, um, the guy, he would deliver the ice when we had an old, um, uh, before a refrigerator, we had an ice box mm -hmm. where they would, you know, he'd bring a 50 pound block of ice and put it in there. And, uh, Andy was a little guy. He, uh, he actually was an old, he had done silent movies. He had worked with, um, Charlie Chaplin. He was a, a Keystone cop wow. and he was just the funniest guy. And every time he was on, did an episode, he didn't do, you know, that many, maybe, Every tenth episode, he might have have uh, a part, um, but every time he was on the set, he would just crack me up. Mm. He was the funniest guy, and ah, uh, I just loved Andy. Um, another funny thing that happened. Now, this wasn't directly related uh, to an actual filming of Lassie, but right next door to Desilu Studios was Paramount. Uh, studios and Desi Lou, eh, our commissary wasn't the best. So a lot of times we would go next door to Paramount to have lunch. And so one day I'm sitting there we're with mom and a couple other people were having lunch and Bob Hope walks in. Uh, he's filming one of his, uh, you know, road to Tanzimar or something, oh, yeah. one of his road movies. Yeah. So he comes in, sitting down, he's having his lunch. <clears throat> and, of course, somebody comes over and says, oh, photo op, photo op. So I'm, t I'm 10 years old. They take me, and they plop me on his lap, and they get, the camera guy gets ready, and he goes, okay. And Bob Hope looks at me, looks at me in the eyes and says, okay, kid, make me laugh. Jeez. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I know who this guy is, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going, oh, no, I got, uh, hello, I got him. What? I'm going to make this guy. How do I do this? <laughs> so, you know, it's not in the script, right? I'm really good if it's in the script. But if it's not in the script, it's a little more difficult. Mm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And I realized that. I was, I had two false teeth. I had lost my front teeth and they had um, sent me to a dentist who made a bridge. So for continuity, you know, mm -hmm. the kid, you know, couldn't lose his teeth in one scene. He's got teeth and he doesn't. So I was wearing this bridge. So I thought, oh, that's it. My false teeth. So I popped my false teeth out and he saw that and he, I cracked Bob Bob Hope up, <laughs> <laughs> and they got a great photo. And then the best part is, years later, probably oh my, at least thirty years, maybe thirty five years later, I was able to get that photograph signed by Bob Hope. Wow, 
And it and it is. It, I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting uh, on our. We have a, a a wall of of fame with you know probably a <laughs> hundred photographs of just you know different you know celebrities, people you mm-hmm. know that I've grown up with. And his is is right there, and it's super. Wow. He and he is a classic. I mean, there's just no. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I never never did work with him, but to do. And then another time. We were over there um, in Paramount having lunch, and it, Paramount is where they filmed Bonanza. And so I'm sit, we're sitting there at our table, and I look over, and there's this big round table, and the entire cast, all the Cartwrights, oh, are wow. sitting there. Little little Joe, you know, Hoss, mm-hmm. everybody, they're all sitting there, and they're all you know dressed up like cowboys with their guns and the whole deal. And I I loved Hoss you know, Dan Blocker. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go and walk over and, and introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Timmy. I'm, I like you and whatever, you know, a 10 year old kid does. And so what I remember Brian about that, when he reached over to shake my hand, it was like, if I put my thumb in normal person's hand that's how big my my little hand was <laughs> in his hand and i mean i just i can i just remember looking at the size of his hand and going oh my gosh but he was the gentlest and kindest nicest guy he was super uh so yeah crazy stuff like that happens and one time we were filming uh a scene that we couldn't rehearse it was rather dangerous and it, Lassie and I were on a raft, and the raft broke up in rapids, and I ended up almost drowning, and um, but, you know, was saved, so that turned out okay, and, you know, there was, yeah, we had some, some scary things and a lot of laughs. Did they use a lot of stunt people for you, though? I'm surprised they would have you well, do. Norm, <laughs> you know, usually, yes. Um, they would, you know, another, another child. As a matter of fact, earlier I mentioned, um, my three sons filmed on our same lot. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, one time there was a scene where I was supposed to be in a lake, um, you know, struggling or whatever, and they didn't want me to do it. So Stan Livingston, who was Chip on my three sons, who was an excellent swimmer, they hired him to do that part. And he ended up almost drowning because what nobody realized was the lake was only about three feet deep. And then it was just this like gluey mud. So when he jumped in the water, he went down and his feet got stuck in the mud. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, I mean... (laughs) Listen, this was back in the day. I mean, they don't do things like that right. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different story. And like that one scene where Lassie and I were in the rapids, um, now they would use a stunt person, and with CGI, they would put your face on them, and nobody would know the difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back to, back in our day, we didn't have uh, the technology to do that. Right, yeah. Now, in the 90s, when they decided to do the new Lassie show that you were on, uh, and you did quite a few of those, um, that lasted quite a bit compared to what, you know, I don't know how many seasons it was, but uh, you did like, what, 40, 50 episodes of that? Well, yeah, they, the new Lassie, that was crazy. We, um, I, was living, I live in Northern California, and um, 
through the grapevine, I heard that they, Warner Brothers was going to be doing this new Lassie series. And so I found out who the producer was, gave him a call, and it was Al Burton who was, he had had some really great other uh, uh, TV series. And uh, I got through to Al, and he answered the phone. and said, hey, Al, this is John Provost. And he goes, oh, God, John Provost. He goes, I didn't even know you were still around. And I go, <laughs> well, yeah. And this was like 1989, 87. And I go, yeah, I am. And he goes, oh, well, I guess you're calling about my new series. I said, yes. And he goes, well, I'm not going to use anybody from the old show. So I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, no, he didn't say that. He said, no, but he did say he's not going to use anybody from the old show. And I said, oh, that's okay. But what about behind the camera, consultant, writing, something like that? And then he said, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Let's have lunch. So I flew down to L.A. We had lunch. And over the hour lunch, he, he decided that, wait a minute, maybe there is a part for you in this series, but you're not Timmy. Okay. Uh, that, well, let's see how that works. So anyway, I became Uncle Steve, who um, turned out really uh, to be Timmy, uh, grown up, but he changed his name. I mean, it was so convoluted. It was crazy. <laughs> we had a great time doing it. Unfortunately, we only lasted two seasons. Um, the second season, we were we were turning it around and making it more like Lassie. In the second season, Al... Um, came to me and he said, look, you know, why don't you come up with some stories um, that, you know, are more, quote, wholesome, more, you know, more like the original Lassie, because it was a little sitcom-y. Now, it was good, but it was, you know, not like like the old lad. Not, it didn't have that heart yeah. to it. So um, Bob Weatherwax, who had Lassie, who was Red Weatherwax's son, he did a couple stories. I did, um, and I was, well, really honored in that the story that I came up with for the series, it was called A Rabbit's Tale, and it was about using rabbits in chemical testing for cosmetics and, you know, things like that. Uh, for It was an animal rights, you know, issue. Mm -hmm. And um, that half-hour show won the Genesis Award for the best family um, you know, episode uh, of the year wow. relating to animal rights. And so, yeah, that was really, um, really an honor and a thrill. Uh, the other thing that was really good, that second year we were filming, um, <laughs> Alberton decided to use people from the old Lassie, not even the old Lassie series. Yes, June Lockhart was did an episode. Tommy Reddick did an episode. But he also got um, Roddy McDowell, yes. who was in the original movie Lassie the Come film, Home. Yes. With with, yeah, with Elizabeth Taylor in like, I don't know, like 43 or something, mm -hmm. 1943. And so Roddy did an episode who was, a gr I had never met him, but Brian, he was, the greatest, just the nicest guy. Um, so we did that. And then there was this guy, he, a kid. He, it was his very first show. Um, you, is, you ever heard of this kid? His name is um, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, I, I think I might have heard yeah. of that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he got his start on the new Lassie series. I was going to mention that. Um, yeah. And for unfortunately, it was an episode that I wasn't in, so I I never got to meet him. But um, the the young man who played my nephew on the show um, at that time, his name was Will Nipper. Um, he changed his name to Will Estes, and he has been on True Bloods now for oh my gosh however however many years it's been on so will uh will really made it he uh he went a long way and hmm. uh you know d wallace stone was uh was on the show yeah. and yeah. and her and her husband and and it was and it yeah it was great we had a great time and yeah. wendy cox played my my niece on the show what a, what a great little actress she what wendy was and we had a great time yeah yeah, and you say it, it, it. You made it sound like well, it only lasted two seasons. But if you put that into what a season is now, you know, oh, where God. they do eight, <laughs> season, maybe ten shows, maybe if they're lucky, you know, that that's oh, five yeah. years of, of of uh, shows oh, that yeah. you did. Well, okay, let's let's go all the way back. I don't think I I said when I was doing Lassie, we worked nine months. Where today they'll work, like you said, you know, maybe two or three months and they're done. Mm-hmm. It's because we did between 34 and 36 wow. half-hour episodes every year. In the seven years, I did 249 Jeez. half-hour episodes. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Compared to what they're, they're pumping out now, it's, it's you know... <clears throat> Not not even close. You can't even compare. No, not 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 close at all. Not yeah. close at all. Well, John, uh, this has been great hearing these stories and everything. And uh, on Saturday, February 25th at 1 p.m. at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, people can hear more stories uh, about your escapade oh, yeah. in Japan and, and I'm sure more things. You'll have your books and everything. So it, it sounds like it's going to be a great time and people should definitely head out there. And uh, if you're in that area... Meet John. Meet John. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, no. Listen, and and you know, like I said, the, it is an incredible movie, um, and you know, actually, the actors and actresses that are in it. Um, so, yeah, if they could come out uh, and have a, have a nice day, it'll be fun. And I mean, if people haven't been to the Arinda, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, that that's that's iconic. The yes. Arinda theaters are iconic, mm-hmm. and. It's you know we have to save our old theaters and and I think you know events like this are important to to get people out and let them know and and support you know their local community mm-hmm. and and meet one of their icons from their childhood. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'll be there and I'll answer questions and I'll take pictures and and all of that kind of fun stuff. And and if they want to ask questions about other stuff other than this movie or or whatever, go go for it. Yep. And now, John, and I, I understand. And I understand the popcorn is great there. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Now, John, I want to finish up with one final quick question. Uh, taking sure. us away from uh, your event coming up at the Arinda Theater, your escapade in Japan, Lassie, everything that you've done. But when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of, of the past? What you know? What are you watching? Wow! Wow! Well, okay. We get about 250 channels. Right, uh, I know. <laughs> we, we, we watch about five. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, that's kind of strange. But anyway, you know, 
We love a lot of the new, I mean, we, a lot of the, okay, some of the new stuff, on, like Poltergeist. oh boy, that is excellent. It reminds me of the old Columbo. And I was talking to my my nephew who watched Poker Face, and I said, you know, the, she's like a female Columbo. He goes, a what, a who? I said, haven't you ever heard of Columbo? No. I said, do you get decades? <laughs> you know, that she, so, okay. Oh, I guess I just said, yeah, okay. We we love Decades and MeTV and Antenna TV and a lot of that stuff and a lot of the new stuff. And movies, oh, boy. Well, some of the stuff, you know, recently, um, Elvis just mm -hmm. knocked, knocked our socks off. The minute we walked out of the theater, we looked at each other, Lori and I, and we said, we could walk right back in and sit and sit there another three hours. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, I don't know, you know, we've got the, the awards coming up and there's going to be a lot going on, but there, there is, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And then there's a lot of stuff, you know, that I, it's just, I don't know, too much, too yeah. overboard. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I love, sci-fi stuff. And, oh, that's another thing I forgot to mention. I did my first sci-fi movie. Hello, John. Oh. Um, I've never, you know, okay, June, when June left the farm, she took off and she went, she got lost in space. Mm -hmm. I've always tried, I've always wanted to go find June. Where did she go? Well, I am the voice of a robot in a new science fiction movie coming out called Colonials. And hopefully it will be out this summer and it'll be theaters live streaming. And um, I'm kind of my robot. I don't have arms and legs. I'm kind of like a Wilson from um, Castaway. Yes. Uh, Tom Hanks, you know, he had his, his ball. Wilson his soccer ball, ball yeah. I'm a, there are, okay. I'm a floating robot, kind of like a, a soccer ball. And uh, it's a fun movie and I, I'm a good robot. But, you know, I do kill people, and that's a first for me. That's a first for Timmy. <laughs> yes. What is Timmy? Put it back I mean, in the well. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Now, the next thing, I, I've always wanted to be a really bad guy. So uh, that, that'll that be my next one. But, you know, people always say, gee, you still doing this? I go, look, hey, if the phone rings and it sounds like it's interesting and I can still do it, why not? Yeah. I mean, June Lockhart. In June the 25th, she will be 98 years old. Wow. And I, I, June and I have kept in touch over the years. We speak to each other on all our holidays and cards and everything. And I spoke with her on her last birthday, and she's doing great. Um, so she has retired, but she always told me as a child, she goes, you're a child now. And you're playing a child, but you're a professional like me. She said, someday you will be older and you will be playing an adult. And that's what we do. Yeah. And so I, I take that to heart. Yep. yep. Well, John, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, people right. can, you know, like I say, go to the Arenda Theater on Saturday, February 25th at 1 o'clock and uh, get to meet you and hear all the stories and see the good, a good film. And, uh, and I thank you so much. Oh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be a great afternoon. And thank you so much for having me on the show.
John Provost, great guest. I want to thank him so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, for those of you that remember the Lassie show, uh, it was such a, a great show. You, you know, you just had to watch it. You had to be there. And uh, if you have not seen it, if you're, you know, you weren't around then, be sure to check out the reruns. It's a great family show. And uh, if you've got grandkids, you know, introduce them to Lassie because it was uh, just a, just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, Timmy was always getting in trouble and Lassie was saving him. So <laughs> what more could you ask for? Anyways, that's it. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And if you are on social media, be sure to like us and, uh, you know, share every time we put up a new episode of On Screen and Beyond. Get the word out and uh it's just going to help us out and bring you more episodes. Like I said, this was episode 620. So we are just just so many episodes out there with some fascinating people. And it's always a lot of fun to hear what they have to say. You know, sometimes I wish we could go on and on and on and ask more questions too, but we just don't have the time. You know, they're good enough to give us whatever they can give us for time. And we thank them very much for doing that. Well, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.